welcome to the Ranting Blue Penguin Media YouTube channel. Uh, I'm here today with Union Omaha midfielder Pedro Dolabella. Uh, comes to us from Brasilia. Uh, has made his way up through uh, some of the best academies in the world, some of the best colleges in the world. You've had success at every level. Uh, Pedro, I want to thank you for taking the time to come out to do this and uh, and really just kind of share your experiences as, as it has been coming through the system and everything else. Thanks, Tim. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. So, so uh, first thing, um, before I get anything else, uh, I am a Union Omaha supporter. I am an Omaha Parliament member, and God love you for that goal in St. Louis Tuesday night. Um, that was a 22,000-person crowd, about 30 of which were Union Omaha. Could, could you hear them? Could you hear our guys cheering you on as you made that goal? No, we definitely hear, hear you guys, and we knew exactly where you guys were on the, on the stadium. And as soon as you got the chance in the end of the game to to thank the the fans, you know, and appreciate the support to making the long drive to come watch us. And when I scored, it, all I could hear was the the fans. Yeah, that's that's great. You know, twenty two thousand versus thirty. You know, those aren't those aren't great odds, but we'll scream for you uh, constantly, especially with moves like you did in the box. I I thought it hit the back of the side netting and hit and went through the back. It wasn't until you were celebrating as I was watching it that I knew it came. It went in and, and just complete joy. So uh, again, beautiful goal, and, and I'm glad that our supporters were able to get out there and even though they were small, uh, actually give you guys a little bit of that push and that momentum and, and that understanding that we're behind you all the way. It definitely makes a big difference, you know, knowing that there's people supporting us no matter what, through mm -hmm. thick and thin, and we know it's going to be a, a long season, so the support is uh, more than needed. It's essential for our our journey this year. Yeah. Uh, if you've heard any stories about the supporters that, that are going to be behind you in Omaha, you can guarantee that they're going to be there constantly and, and until the end of the year and beyond. Uh, so um, thank, thank you very much for that. So we'll, we'll go ahead and get into to the, the meat of where this is. Um, as I understand, you, you came from Brasilia uh, and, and you grew up there. What got you into football in the first place? Uh, Tim, uh, different than in the United States, you know, um, where you guys have basketball, football, and all baseball, all these other sports. In Brazil, the, the majority of the people by – Miles uh, love soccer uh, ahead of everything. You know, like Brazil is a soccer country. You know, we have the best player in history, Pele. You know, that yeah. recently passed away. Yeah. And when you're born in in Brazil, you're born with a ball on your feet. And my father, you know, put me into to the game when I was very early, very young. You know, very early in the days and. I fell in love with it, you know, like supported um, his club and he took me to stadium. So I'm, I'm very grateful for him for driving me everywhere to play when I was really young. And, you know, he's he's definitely one of my biggest supporters. Yeah, I, I can imagine that he's cheering just as loudly as anybody for you. The uh, the, the sense of community, though, is what I'm getting there is that, that uh, football in the other countries that aren't, aren't America, the ones that actually have grown up with it and it's their primary sport. It's the gathering table where everybody comes together, uh, regardless of who you support. Is that, is that pretty much what I'm getting in, in the, a true sense? No, 100%. And we recently saw it in in the World Cup right now. You know, it's obviously, the, the Brazil was divided with the elections and stuff that happened this year. Yeah. 
But with with the World Cup, everybody came together, you know, and we were that everyone was partying in the same places and supporting uh, the national team, which is one of our big passions. And you know, it's just it, it definitely brings the the country and the community together. So when. When was the first time that you really sensed that supporter culture? When is the first time you actually got to go to a match and feel it in, in the stadium? Um, I believe very – I'm not sure exactly <laughs> my first game that I went to, yeah. but I remember one time that Brazil played in, in Brasilia uh, in 2005 when I was really young. And I remember – there was a big group of friends from my my dad and my my uncle that took me put them on put me on their shoulders and walked through the crowd and we watched a, a beautiful team that they beat Chile five one with Ronaldinho, Kaká. Uh, it was it was pure joy and I think this moment really like stuck with me. Yeah, yeah, and it, it doesn't help having some of the the greatest that have ever touched a, a pitch to. Uh... To be there to cheer for and, and, and all of that so it, it's very familial for you very community-based for you um are, are there any traditions any supporter traditions from uh, from brazil that you hold on to that if, if you were watching a match you find yourself doing um honestly like I, d I don't know specifically but like i i love watching football you know i every chance i i have to watch it every game it's on tv i'll stop and and watch it and I mean, my my best friends I made uh, through the sport, you know, through soccer, through football, and you know, every chance I have to watch them play as well, I I take it, and you know, I just I just love the game, I love playing, and it's a big part of my life. Yeah. So it, it's and it is true, you you do enjoy it. Uh, I remember uh, I, I watched a uh, I watched a uh, YouTube interview that you did uh, with the MLS Next. Uh, the season you were with Rochester, and, and I remember your teammate just describing you as happy and just describing joy, and, and that's that's the sense that I get that, that soccer means to you. is not just playing it, but watching it. It's just pure happy and joy, uh, and, and it comes out in your play as well. I, I, I got to commend you for that. No, I think No, I definitely, you know, I, we always, when I get in the field, it's like I forget everything that's going on outside of the of the pitch and i think many players feel the same that like it's the moment where all the problems go away you know and you you got to stay laser focused and you know and you enjoy it and then after the game is over okay you can deal with the problems but when you're on that that field for 90 minutes it's it's just happiness for sure it, it's happiness and you know anywhere from 30 to thirty thousand fans behind you and helping that go away um, I love that for you. So, um, again, I, I mentioned Brasilia, uh, and that, that's where you, you started out. Uh, why did you pick Sao Paulo to, to go to? Because it's a little bit of a trek away, and I understand Sao Paulo is one of the, the best uh, clubs in Brazil. Uh, at the time you entered their academy, they were actually the number fourth rated academy in the world by Bleacher Report uh, and The Athletic behind uh, Ajax, uh, Sporting Lisbon, and Barcelona, and those are some big names. So, so what was it that drew you to Sao Paulo? And so actually, uh, team, yeah, I, I played in Brasilia for a local club there, mm, okay. but they they happened to have a partnership with Sao Paulo because they oh, sent okay. a player uh, there, um, mm. and he did really well. 
And then since then, there was a connection with the club. Mm-hmm. And then since since 2000, 2009 was my first time I went to spend a week in Sao Paulo mm-hmm. to be like evaluated. So I stayed, I went every three months. I used to go to Sao Paulo for a week to train with a bunch of guys. Mm-hmm. And if they liked me, I came back the next three months to see how I was doing. Until I I was until 2013, which was the the minimum age for you to to live at the academy. So in yeah. 2013, in January was when I ended up moving uh, by myself to São Paulo to live in the academy, mm-hmm. and which I stayed for two years. You know. And yeah. Were were you were you a supporter of São Paulo prior to that, or did you did you learn to love the club? I definitely learned to 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 love the club, you know, yeah. and you know for opening the doors for me and it was it was very very successful era for Sao Paulo when I started going there. They yeah. they beat Liverpool 2005 in the World uh, yeah. Club Club and yeah. and it was they won the the national championship three times of Brazil, so it was a a very proud moment for me to be there and yeah, that which which is unfortunate because I am I am at heart my Liverpool supporter, so uh, yes, that that is still that's still a bit of pain. But uh, but the uh, just the atmosphere did it, did it feel different going there than it did uh, hearing the the fans cheer for you in your hometown at, at your local club? Did it did it feel any different going there, or was it was it still just the same energy and the same vibe? No, it definitely felt different because uh, I think that's the moment I knew that like. Um, football was becoming for real for me, you know. That's when I realized that, like, uh, I that was my dream. I loved what I was doing, and I I was ready to to leave my mom and my dad when I was um, thirteen, almost turning fourteen. You know, very young to leave like sixteen hours away drive from them. And even though it was it was hard for me in the beginning, like when I went when I got on the field. Everything went away, and playing with top players, you know, the like Militão from Madrid was there when I was yeah. there. Royal from uh, Emerson from Tottenham Hotspurs was was there too. Anthony from Manchester United. Yeah. So many top players were there at the same time that I was, and definitely uh, I had many memories there, but. Especially, like, I learned a lot with people from different backgrounds coming to live away from their parents when they were really young. I think that helped me a lot on my development, for sure. Were, uh, were, were any of those uh, ones that you would have considered your, your heroes, uh, any of those? Or, or who, who would you consider your hero? Uh, obviously, Pele, Kaká, uh, Ronaldo, you know, uh, those types. But, but who else would you have counted among their heroes? Um, definitely... Kaká, I think because we have, uh, I mean, he he comes from Brazil as well, and he went to São Paulo, wow. and so a, a little bit similar beginning. I mean, obviously Kaká is amazing player, and you know he he played in the U.S. as well. Yes, he did. And he's the he's the late, he's the Brazilian player that won the Ballon d'Or like most recently, so 2007, before the Messi and Ronaldo era. Yeah. So I think that just shows how great he was. And, you know, I, I like his personality too and the way he he goes about his life. So 
I think Kaká is definitely somebody that I look up to, no doubt. How long did it take you to, uh, to to actually realize that you're you're among them and you're not just a fan now, uh, uh, an aspirant among among your uh, your now peer group? No, I mean I always knew that I wanted to play uh, soccer for a living. Yeah, you know, like, and uh, when I had the chance to come to the U.S. to to play soccer was a a dream come true to me, and yeah. I just I just take it day by day, you know. Like obviously we have big dreams, but I think living the present and like enjoying where you are right now and being able to play it every day is what I I'm appreciate the most. What, so so when you came to the U.S. now now that uh, now we got there, what was the largest crowd you played for in Sao Paulo? We were we were U15s, so um, not 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 that big. I would yeah. say a thousand, two thousand right. maximum. You know, right. was was it still more than when you got to the Pennington School and you were able to play there? Oh, was it yeah. still? It was a lot more, right? Yeah, a lot more, a lot more, way yeah. more than high school for sure. Yeah. Uh, how what what was your experience, or what do you see the the real difference was not just on the pitch but off the pitch with uh, with soccer coming to America? Uh, I think in in Brazil, uh, the fans are. They're very hostile, I'll say, mm -hmm. um, because soccer is emerging the culture so much mm -hmm. that everybody thinks they know more than they do. You know? <laughs> Americans are the same way. I'll, I'll tell you that one, but yeah, <laughs> everybody has strong opinions, yes, and, you know, yes, like, and when they get on the field, and uh, in reality, they don't know much what's going on, you know. Mm -hmm. But like everybody wants to have a say. And I think sometimes it, it gets over the line and it becomes not nice, some of the comments, but it's part of the game. Yeah. So so was that the big difference, though? Was that the, just the, the amount of caring? Like in Brazil, it was a, a serious thing. In America, it was just, a, okay, there, there's some kids out playing a ball, or, or did you feel any other differences? I mean, obviously, like the, the sport is growing here a lot, and I, I feel it every day. You know, and but surely, like back in 2016, uh, it wasn't the football wasn't as big as it was it is nowadays. You know, mm -hmm. USL League One didn't exist, for example. Yep. So many think clubs didn't exist, and it wasn't as big in Brazil either. You know, but um, I think I'm sorry, I lost, but. Oh. I think it's, I mean, it's definitely growing here. Yeah. And, you know, I'm excited to be part of this development of the sport. And, you know, I think so, it, uh, so I'm, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Go for, go ahead. No, I, I, I'm just saying that I, I truly believe that, like, now uh, with the World Cup coming to the U.S. as well, mm -hmm. like, the, the sky's the limit. You know? yeah. And I know this country cares so much about sports. And, yeah. You know, that's a big reason why I enjoy being in the U.S. because I know how the potential of soccer in this country is so big. Yeah. And, and, you know, looking at the history, obviously, the, the reason we have MLS was because of getting awarded the World Cup in 94. Mm -hmm. And so it, it has to grow now that we have 2026 coming up and uh, and we have the, the growth in the soccer federation here. 
it has to grow up. So I'm glad you're seeing the some of the growth and everything else. Um, going back to uh, to high school, though, I, I'm not sure if you're aware. Do, do you realize that there is another former uh, Union Omaha owl who was a, uh, a soccer star there at the Pennington? Yes, Ethan Decker. Yes, yes, he was our our first year. Uh, all of the T-shirts, the uh, EVD for MVP, and 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 lost out on that. So, um, I, I was a little bit surprised to find that because that, that's an odd uh, correlation. It's not the first time you cross paths with a with a former former owl. I did notice though that you won the championship that he couldn't. Yes, I we we won the the state championship beating uh, Saint Benedict. Which was it's a big prep school there that won twenty seven times in a row. Yeah, and then the year I went there, I went there for one year, and then we beat them. And that that was the magic touch, right? I don't want to hear anyone uh, you know complain about Byron or, or or Rangers or Celtic anymore with their streaks, right? But what what was the feeling like? Like you know, I know that was a great feel, but did uh, did the high school like how did they react to it? Ah, it was definitely something that. Uh, they ex not expected, but they were looking for because before I went there the year before, there were other Brazilians that came mm -hmm. uh, for one year and tried to do the same thing to go to college after. Yeah, and they could they lost in the in the final mm -hmm. uh, to San Benedict's and they couldn't or the semifinal. I don't know, yeah. but it was also always the goal. To beat St. Benedict's, you know, because the trophy of the state, it had their name 27 times. Yeah. In Brad or whatever. Yeah. And then when they finally did it at home, it was it was amazing feeling, you know, we fell on the top of the world. That that had to have been a great feeling with everyone there supporting you. What uh I, I'm sure it was difficult though being there in school. I was I'm assuming you were away from your family again, uh mm -hmm. a little bit more than 16 hours. Uh were were the people there accommodating that they like the, the the people that knew you and supported you like how, how was that for you yeah no the community there was very tight for sure it was a boarding school yeah so i lived on campus there and i made great friends on campus uh, that lived in, on the same dorm mm -hmm. and i think that definitely helps you know uh, being part of a team playing soccer you it's so easy to connect with with other people that share the same meet share the same interests. So yeah. they really helped me, you know, adapt on living in the US. Yeah. And and that's again, that's that's kind of what it's all about is finding community, finding common bond and, and letting sports bring people together. Uh which which like I said is is kind of the point of why I'm trying to go into uh the supportership and everything else like that. And, sure. and your you guys' experiences. Uh so Style-wise, though, what what was the biggest difference between playing Brazilian style versus playing in America that you found at, at the youth level? Uh, at the youth level, I think definitely um, it's a more more physically more physical than Brazil. Yeah, you know, Brazil it's a lot of talent, uh, many many skill, skillful players that played in the streets, you know, growing up and always have their ball and feet. But here in America, you know, a richer country with like mm -hmm. more uh, structure to develop athletes, you know, from because mm -hmm. in, in the US, the athletes, they're so prepared physically. And I yeah. think the, the physical aspect of the game was definitely something different, you know, stronger players and, you know, faster players. 
And I think it's a big difference between the U.S. and Brazil. A little bit more of a finesse approach for Brazil, whereas where it's kind of a brute force, uh, beat the door down with, with the U.S. Uh, yeah, I, I can I can absolutely see that. Do you like that style of play, though? Do you like watching that style of play? No, Br Brazilian style, I mean, it's my favorite style. You know, of like, course. Uh, I can't do much of what, you know, Neymar and all those players do, but, like, Vinicius Jr., but like it's it's just a joy watching them have fun with the ball and being able to full players dribble past them. I think it's like I could watch videos of that all day, and I think that's the beauty of the game you know, to have fun with the ball. Yeah, what was it? Your, your goal? You beat two and the keeper on the on the end line at, at yeah, a tight yeah. angle, like exactly. <laughs> uh, that, that, I believe I believe there was a chance to score, and I, I took it for sure and, and took it well, uh, but. But definitely, uh, uh, there was a finesse to that because you're you're you not have a passing option. You're not going to bully them off the ball, and that's a little bit more of that Brazilian style you're talking about, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no doubt. I was able to to get a chance to shoot, and yeah. I'm yeah. glad you went. Yeah. So um, with that, then you transition from your Pennington School and your first experiences in America. You had success there you move on to Marshall and by the end of your career at Marshall, uh, you've won pretty much every conference USA, all team MVP offensive player of the year. You, you won a national championship. What was it like there with a little bit more college crowd, a little bit more uh, finance towards uh, Marshall is a, is a pretty not notable uh, soccer school. Uh, so what was it like there getting all of that and getting that kind of support? I mean, when I, when I left uh, Pennington, to go to Marshall 2017 in the fall was my first year in college. Um, I, I was a walk-on at Marshall. Mm -hmm. I didn't have any any offers, any place to go in to, to play in, in this in university. Mm. And, and Marshall was ranked 200 in the country. So wow. it was it was not a, a, a well-known program back then, you know, never won anything, you know, never went to the NCAA. And but it was a great opportunity for me. I wanted to play at the highest level of um, of college, and yeah. the coach there, you know, like believed in me to to bring me in the program. And I'm I'm thankful for him for taking that chance. And and I'm, you started to play in front of a little bit larger crowds at this point. I'm guessing too, like it's not just people going to a high school high school. Yeah, no. no, for sure. The first two years it was not that ma that much crowd though. Yeah. yeah. Because, I mean, the team wasn't the best and it wasn't a known program, you know, in the, in the sports. But definitely, like, we played in front of larger crowds, especially when we went to play in away games, no doubt. Did, did they seem a little bit more in tune with the, uh, with the soccer supporter culture that we, we've come to know? The chants, the drums, the, the sound, the noise, just were they more in tune or have they figured that out yet at Marshall? Yeah, no, they, they definitely figured that out. Um, uh, especially I think the, the students too, you know, as you, as you grow, grow to know them and, you know, a lot of international students, they also bring their soccer culture from, you know, outside the U S and like you, you pick up from different people. And I think the community there, the soccer community there is very strong yep. uh, today. And I think all the kids there most of the kids love playing soccer in West Virginia. I'll say right now. So that's a yeah. Thing as well. 
Yeah, and, and beautiful country too. You can't can't beat that, can you? Yeah, you can't. So so the uh the supporter culture you're starting to notice, you're starting to get it get it a little bit more. Uh did did you have any any uh like favorite um I, I guess any favorite matches, anything that stood out, anything where, where like you really got the crowd behind you and and, and everything was just rocking in, in a in a good sense? Um Yes, I think in when we played was after we won the obviously the final when we won mm-hmm. against Indiana. It's a right. it's a match that support. But I I think one one game that sticks with me is when we played uh, West Virginia University. You know that was it's the derby of the state, mm-hmm. Marshall West Virginia. Yeah, and the stadium fits a thousand people, but we put. 3,500 there and I was able yep. to score a goal that game and it was a great feeling too. So that was a, a nice statistics. And, and, you know, for, for a, uh, uh, an up and coming program at that point, then and the first national championship is like, I, I can't imagine sitting on, on, uh, on a bench and, and not being on my feet, not screaming and yelling and chanting the whole time and, and everything else, especially as soon as you take the lead and, and, and it looks like it's going to happen. Um, so, 30, about 3,500, you say, and and then uh, graduating, uh, you end up in, in Rochester, right? Yes. Yeah. How, how was your time there? What did you think of that? Ah, it, it was, I enjoyed my time in Rochester, you know, uh, obviously I spent, I spent preseason with Charlotte FC, you know, yeah. um, from the MLS, their first, their first year. Yeah. And but I ended up not signing there and I had the chance to go to Rochester and it was my, my first professional club. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm forever thankful for them for, you know, opening doors for me to the professional level. Yeah. And I knew, I knew it was not going to be easy uh, the first year, you know, but I, I committed a hundred percent. I gave my hundred uh, percent on and off the field with recoveries, you know, taking care of myself, training hard every day. And, I had a, it was a great year in March in Rochester. You know. Yeah. And you, you know, that uh, Rochester itself has had a little bit of a rocky football history, right? Because the team has, has uh, suspended itself. It's been come back and, and it, it various times over the years. And this was, this was one of the early, uh, uh, I can't remember if it was one or two years, but they, they had not been back playing uh, until for, for a couple of years at that point. Um, did it seem like, uh, did it seem like the crowd missed a beat? Were they were they still into it? Were they still like feeling it for you? Yes, the the fans there were, were amazing. You know, they um, from the Rhinos era. You know, the the Rochester Rhinos, or yep. you know, as you know, it's a big historic club. Yeah, there even Steven Dos Santos played in yep. in Rochester back in the days. Yep, and you know they were very passionate and very happy to have soccer back in the in the city and i feel i feel very sorry for the fans for not you know having this continuation uh, for this season because it was a great time for them to connect to the team and you know the games were awesome there the atmosphere as well so it's it's sad that and unfortunate what happened with the club and i hope you know they can get back on their feet in the future yeah. I, i'm 
I'm going to assume you don't have to answer this, obviously, if you don't want to. I'm going to assume, though, that if uh, if the club still existed, you you would have been happy to resign there, or or were were you looking for other opportunities? Yes, they actually um, uh, picked up the option on my contract to play there this year, mm-hmm. you know, and I was still a Rochester player until February, um, March, and then when they released all the, the players. They said, hey, guys, I don't know. And I, I was the last player to leave the club. So, you know, I I was there until the end, and it was sad to to see everybody leaving and uh, the season not happening for them. Yeah. But I'm glad, I'm glad, uh, you know, in Omaha, you know, they waited on me and, and Dom and Peter, you know, believed on, on me and were able to bring me to to the club there, there there may have been a few supporters that were a little worried uh getting towards the end of, of february not maybe having uh the roster that we had just yet you had yeah, you were one of the the last signings and uh, i think uh, our uh, our backup peaker uh McGrain, right he's uh i think he was the last signing that we saw um and we read your pedigree and we were like wow why why is he not advancing why is he not in championship even why is he not so so we we absolutely we lucked out i think uh getting you and and we absolutely appreciate that and i really hope that the fans embrace that uh i know um you haven't seen a lot of the field just yet Mm -hmm. uh but if the reaction to your the time that you have had on the pitch is any indication i i hope we're making you feel welcome and i hope we're uh we're actually like getting into that supporter culture and and showing you that hey you know it, it was unfortunate but we're glad you're here no, I'm I'm very glad I'm here too, Tim. And Omaha, I it's been great for me so far. It's the in the U.S. It's the biggest city I've lived so far, you know. Yeah. And uh, the community is great. We we trained for the first time at Werner um, yesterday, mm-hmm. and today we trained there again. So it's a great place. And I've been following Union Omaha since their first se- since our first season, you know, back in yeah. 2020. Because just to shout out, you know, my, yeah. my best friend Ilao, yep. you know, and because of him, I've I probably watched every single game he played, and that's why I, I was a big follower of the club before I even came here. The the stories, and I understand you inherited the captaincy at Marshall from uh, Ilao uh, when yes. you were there, and and he got to to Omaha and just his passion and his presence and his joy, right? It's just his pure joy. Uh, it, it's similar to yours. It was on display to watch, and, and we pick up on that as fans. I think we need to pick up on that as fans. It's it's okay to have your, uh, you know, for, for the Ted Lasso incline, the, the Roy Kent's out there, the, just the angry and the and the burr. But you got to have your Danny Rojas's and and to get behind those types and just you know, football is life, football is joy. Um, and so having having players like you that can do that, I think it makes it easier for us to supporters to to identify and, and to kind of get on because we're coming from a place of passion, and so are you. No, for sure, and I'm I'm so excited for the for the city as well, and and for the fans because you know the club has done so well on their three first seasons, and I think the the future is so bright for for Union Omaha. It's made so much history in such a short period of time, and you know hopefully more and more you know people from Nebraska uh, learn to you know love the club and you know 
have a chance to come to watch a game because yeah, I'm sure Nebraska Des Moines we've had uh, we've had Minnesota supporters come by and and compliment us on the game and that that outreaches supporters and it's, it's not just Omaha it's cities like Omaha that that it can happen to any uh, of these midwestern cities any of these sure. you know about the size of Omaha you just got to get into it 100 percent 100 percent um with the World Cup coming like we talked about you know I, I believe you know that's it doesn't get a better time than now to, you know, like maybe grow the sport, have another franchise from nearby, you know, start a yep. maybe a rivalry with a club nearby. So I think there's so much space for growth in 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 the U.S. I mean, Brazil is the country with most professional clubs mm-hmm. in the world. We have 700 professional soccer teams. Wow, and they're not even. I mean, I don't think there's a hundred clubs. I might be wrong, but maybe Pro- a little professional bit. clubs. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think maybe you might be hitting right at a hundred a little bit more when mm-hmm. if you count uh, yeah. uh, Nisa and uh, and a couple of those uh, those other ones. But yeah, it's so not. Just to it's see not about the the space to, and the US is probably there's twice the population of Brazil, so it's just so much to grow ahead. So great years ahead for soccer in the country for sure um do you find it more was more accessible in brazil though um do you find that you know anybody could go to a match a little bit more easily uh not just location but uh but things like if you see you know we talk about ticket prices all the time we talk about uh television streaming rights stuff like that was was it a lot more accessible then it definitely was you know especially five ten years ago but unfortunately, because soccer used to be known as the sport of, of all people. You just needed a ball, a pair of flip-flops, and you're playing the, yeah. the game. You know, it's the, the most accessible game in between beyond all sports. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, like, it's becoming day in and out a, a very elite sport, you know, from the, the top 1% with... Obviously, it's great for growth, but you take uh, the core of the sport, which is like, you know, the people out of it, you know, making the ticket prices so high that nobody can go watch. You know, like before it used to be one dollar, you could go to a to watch a big game. But now it's like you have to spend hundreds and not everybody, you know, has that money in the end of the day. And, and in the end of the month, it, the, that money matters so they can go to the game. So it's it's a bit sad to see the people that started all this being left out. But and if you if you can't see a game, you can't become a supporter, and you can't you can't share in that in that connection and that joy. And that's that is one of the things that I I lament about uh, American soccer is is that it seems to be that. Uh, Do I assume you would be for promotion and relegation in America? Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, it has to happen. You see, I don't know if you. If you you definitely follow the Wrexham story yes. of yes, it's a big. It just happened, and you see like what it meant to to everyone and how exciting that was. And I think you gotta have promotion relegation. You know, it's. I know it's it's a business. You know, you gotta exactly. make money out of it, and I understand. But you gotta, because in the end of the day, you can just throw a season away or not say ah screw it. Yeah. No, you gotta fight until the end. Because if you don't, 
if you start bad, you still can get relegated. So I think it takes a little bit out of the the charm of the game of soccer, especially. Yeah, and the uh, I mean, if you look at the open cups and the cup sets that we've had when we have championship or or league one teams that are beating MLS teams. It's those moments that, you know, this could happen on a regular basis. And that I think that's where you're getting at, too, is just those magical moments uh, for, for a club that doesn't have, you know, 100 million pounds to spend on, on your next midfielder, right? No, 100%. And those moments, I mean, you, you never forget, you know. And it's you, you can have all the money in the world, but what matters is what happened in, in those 90 minutes that you play, you know, you if you score a goal and you manage to keep a clean sheet, you win a game against a a bigger team, much with way more money. And that's what happened with with Union Omaha last year. Yeah, you know, cup set after cup set, and you know it's some moments that will stay forever. Did uh, did did Dom help a little bit with that? Having been from El Paso, though, did did he oh, clue yeah. you guys in? Yeah, no, he was he was definitely hyped because. <laughs> It was his former club, and I'm glad it was. Uh, we were able to win that game for him as well because it was his first win as a head coach. Yeah. So I'm sure it meant a lot for him, and I'm glad we were, we were able to do it. So um, with that, uh, we, we talked about you know needing needing that that visibility and, and getting there and the supporters and all of that. Uh, Besides the pro rail and everything else, is is there anything one thing that you would change about American soccer and or or the supporters or anything else? What would it be? I think the soccer is definitely going on the the right direction here. You know, involving the community and you know making people uh, fall in love with the game and the atmosphere. You know, obviously, if you have fun in the game, you're gonna come back and and then naturally you're gonna start following the club. And I think promotion relegation is the biggest thing to change. I don't know if it's going to happen, but I just think, you know, the more people that are able to, to get a, a hold of the, of the team, you know, like hear about it. And like, I just, I just, I don't know, like, like you said, like it brings so many people together and you can make great friends and meet great people. If you attend one game yeah. after that, you become a supporter and you never, you never leave. So. Yeah, absolutely. One one night on the supporters section, one night on the berm. The first time I ever attended a match, and I was I was done. That that's mm-hmm. where I want to be. Uh, and you you see that joy and that connection that that you guys you know running around a pitch for for ninety minutes, two hours uh, on a on a Tuesday night can bring. No, that's all. That's all you need. It's one. It's one game, and yep. And ho- hopefully, people that haven't been to, I know there are probably very few, but. Hopefully they can uh, come out and and see what what's it's all about. Yeah. Well, we're we're getting close to to the end of this here. Uh, again, Pedro, I want to thank you for being here, but I'll I'll leave with one last question. What would you say to a casual observer, just somebody that maybe they've been to one or two games, or maybe they've seen a kids game? What would you say to a casual observer that that would get them into full support? Uh, I would just say that you know, like we we're here representing, you know not only Omaha, you know, the whole state and the whole area, and we, we're doing what we love, and we want we want the fans to have as much fun as we have playing, you know, and 
you know that that time is is probably a highlight of the week for a lot of people you yeah. know that work so hard during the week and are looking forward to come to a game and for all of you guys and for them we just say that we're gonna give our a hundred percent every time you guys come watch because we know it's probably a sacrifice for a lot of people to to go there and make time for it and we want to make the time worthwhile you know and yeah. maybe sometimes the wind doesn't happen but the effort will always be there and hopefully they can see that and and, and hopefully we're doing it you know in a in a downtown stadium sometime soon and instead of uh instead of out in the middle of a of a uh, park there somewhere uh, out in Papillion. But uh, again, the, the, the trip is worth it. You guys are, are making it fun. Um, you, you've seen the draw and you guys express pure joy. So, so absolutely uh, get out to see a game. Uh, and even if you're not in the Omaha area, I would say get out and support local. Um, they need it and, and they want it and they're there for you. So even if you've got a league two or a small club somewhere, get out and support local. Yeah. No, for sure. Tim, you're, I'm definitely with you on that one. All right. Well, uh, Pedro, again, thank you for your time. Um, it, it's been wonderful. I appreciate you, like I said, being uh, kind of the first interview on uh, on this journey that I'm taking uh, and trying to kind of look at what it's like to be a supporter, what it means and, and what it is from, uh, from the rest of the world. So, uh, uh, Pedro, thank you very much uh, for your time. No, I appreciate being the first one to be interviewed, Tim. It's an honor. And... You know, I wish I wish you all the success on this journey, and you know, hope you're you're having fun with it on the way as well. And and thank you much, and I'll see you at Warner. See you, see you at Warner. Bye. All right, guys. So uh, that's it for today. For more information, uh, content, I've got rbpenguinmedia.com. Uh, we've got some blog posts, and we'll link to the YouTube. Uh, additionally, you can email me at rbpmedia at gmail.com. Uh, like, subscribe if you like it, and thanks much.